0: Radio Network. My guest today is the author or co-author of more than 200 scientific and technical publications. It's Dr. Bill Argo of the Blackmore Company. Welcome to the podcast, Bill. Thank you. Now, uh, since 1996, Bill has worked for the Blackmore Company, providing technical services on nutritional problems in plug propagation and greenhouse production in North America. Now, um, growers understand that uh, regular media pH water alkalinity and pH monitoring are key components of crop culture. So what this session is going to look at is why is it that these that sampling and testing often go undone until problems occur. So, Bill, could you uh, begin by telling us a little bit about what we can expect at this session?
1: Well, I'm... Uh I usually like to start these kind of sessions out where, you know, you go through why people want a soil test. And soil testing gives you an idea of what's happening happening nutritionally to your crop. So you want to, you, ideally you want to limit the number of problems you have. So to be a proactive type grower in and, and spot problems before you start to see them out in the crop, soil testing gives you the ability to do that. Um, And so you're looking for pH and EC are the two easiest things you can do for the the grower in-house testing. pH is a a measure of the availability of nutrients, especially iron in the crop. And iron plays a key role in whether that crop stays green or turns yellow or, or gets some type of iron manganese toxicity. EC is a measure of the nutrient levels in the crop and so it gives you the it gives you the ability to see whether you're you're fertilizing enough or too much or not enough and so to do soil testing gives you a, gives you the ability to see what's really happening in the crop
0: okay so soil testing then is something that uh that growers should be doing on a regular basis i would imagine uh how often should uh the soils be tested for most crops, for example,
1: a mum crop or a poinsettia crop or something that's in the greenhouse for a long time, doing some doing testing every week or maybe even every two weeks is probably adequate. For shorter-term crops, uh, plugs, liners, that type of thing, you might want to look at testing every week. Uh, things are just happening much more quickly. And so by the time you do a soil test, get the results back, and tr- start to try to fix it, you, it may be an entire week goes by before the plant's back to growing normally or, or more, and because things are happening so fast in those kind of crops, again, I, I think speeding up, doing doing more testing more often, gives you a better handle on what's going on.
0: Okay. So, as far as the testing process goes, uh, what what are some things that growers should should know to make sure that they're they're doing it right and they're getting a- accurate readings?
1: Well growers should try to use one test. There there are a number of different tests for soil testing. There's a two-to-one method, a saturated paste method, a direct squeeze method, a pour-through method. Pick one and go with it if you can. Um, You're going to get much better at doing it. And and the the results are different for every test. So you really don't want to be doing multiple types of tests and then trying to compare the different tests with with all the other crops in your greenhouse, so that's one thing. Another thing is, is having a good meter and, and having it calibrated properly. Um, and ideally, you have one person doing the testing in your greenhouse. That's going to re- reduce the amount of variability in the test dramatically. Um, Rather than having multiple people doing tests because everybody's a little different even if they're trained well And they know how to do the procedures. They're always going to be a little bit different. So if you want to minimize Variability try to have one person doing all your testing.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense Are there any um, any other ways that you can uh, reduce that variability? uh, with with regards to to testing the different crops in the greenhouse
1: um, one way is to try to take the test at roughly the same time after an irrigation. Uh, the moisture levels in the media, the substrate, uh, can change the, the results. Not so much on pH, but on EC, electrical conductivity measurements. Um, so ideally, you're trying to to make it as uniform as possible, and that's that's one way to do it. Another way is to take the 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 media sample from the same location within the pot, you'll see a variability from top to bottom in a, in a pot for a soil test value. So again, the more uniform you can do it, the, the better off you are. A third one is to take samples from more than one pot. Ideally, you wanna take your samples from up to 10, 10 different samples, and then maybe combine them into one. That will reduce the variability uh, of your sample and give you a better measurement.
0: Okay, okay, so that's that's really how many you need to have to ensure you're not just having some sort of small sample size that may uh, uh, maybe something that con- you're, you're drawing the wrong conclusion. You're trying,
1: in, you're, you're trying to increase your sample size as much as you can. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not reasonable to think that one pot and, you know, you, sometimes you walk into large greenhouses and there'll be an acre of uh, product out there. It's not reasonable to think that one cell in that whole acre represents the whole crop. You're you're much better off to take samples randomly throughout that crop, whatever that that block is, whether it's you know a hundred thousand poinsettias or five thousand poinsettias sitting over here in the corner. To take five or ten samples from around that. That crop will give you a much better representation of what's happening in the greenhouse
0: okay very good so as far as um, as the testing itself um, what are the differences between measuring pH and EC
1: the difference between measuring pH and EC is is mainly the meter Uh, you know you have a pH meter that measures pH and then you have an electrical conductivity meter that measures soluble salts. Um, So there there are two different types of meters. Uh, The actual tests to measure them are roughly the same. Uh, Take a a two to one sampling method, for example. You mix two parts water with one part substrate. Uh, Whatever volumes those happen to be, it's just a two to one ratio. You let it sit for half an hour, and you stick each probe into the, into the sample. So once you're doing the test, you're you're just measuring the EC and the pH of that solution that you've made. So in the sense the, the testing isn't different for each of those methods, the electrodes are. Okay. The meter, the meters are.
0: Okay. So you mentioned earlier that you need to make sure you have a good meter, something that that is going to be uh, accurate and, and do the job well for you. Are there any uh, any things that any features that growers should look for when purchasing a meter?
1: Um, don't necessarily go with the cheapest one. Uh, you want to be able to calibrate it and calibrate it easily. Uh, one of the biggest problems you'll see is uncalibrated meters, and and the numbers you get from those meters are can be absolutely meaningless if the calibration is far out of out of line. And unless you calibrate it, you don't know how far the calibration is out. So ideally, every time you test, you calibrate. It's just something you do. Uh, maintaining calibration solutions. You can go out and buy gallon jugs of calibrating solution. The problem is if you just set them in the greenhouse, they're not gonna last very long. Things will start growing in them and so the numbers will start to change. So you need to, to maintain fresh calibrating solution. Uh, with pH meters, the, the most of the pH meters out there have to be stored wet, which means you you either buy a calibrating solution or you use distilled water, and you have to keep those probes wet. If they dry out, they stop working, and you have to wait until you you moisten them back up again, or they 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 won't work at all. And every time you do that, you degrade the meter at the the unit itself. So it's just not something you want to do. There are units that can be stored dry. Those are are. Are less prone. You know, you don't have to worry about them drying out. So it's just another thing you don't have to worry about when you, your pH meter is ready right when you want to do it. Um, other things, uh, temperature. You, pH and EC are both based on temperature, so you want a probe that can compensate for temperature differences. You know, for example, when you do a soil test and you pull water out of a, out of a hose, it can be up you know 55 degrees so you want something that will compensate for that um so usually you're you know those kind of things you and you want to be able to easily calibrate it not just you know you you can calibrate it but it's very difficult to do when that kind of thing happens people generally don't calibrate their meters Mm -hmm. so you want something that's very easy to calibrate you know a push button kind of thing
0: so it's different between <laughs> depending on which kind of uh, meter you have. The calibration process is different?
1: Every meter is different. Um, so you have to learn from your meter how to do it. There's okay. just no way around it.
0: Okay. Well, if you'd like to learn more about why, when, and how to measure pH or EC, you can always reach out to Bill at the Blackmore Company. So uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Bill. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks again for listening to the Grower Radio Network.